What's going on, military cash flow family? Hey, what's going on, Mike? What's uh, what's up with you? Well, really quick, I love the uh, the five pillars, America. I, lo I love that little yeah. fly in the background, that little custom custom work in the background. You got to step out of the way. Cool. I don't know which way to go. Yeah, yeah man. So cool. this right here was a gift um, from one of our consulting clients, um, one of our first consulting clients. Um, we were able to triple his business in less than sixty days. Ooh. So it was fantastic. Um, and I went down to speak at one of his events and he gave uh, two, one for me and one for Shelby. Very nice guy. He's crushing it out there. So if anybody's trying to go out to the Surf City, Wilmington top sale area to buy vacation rentals, that's kind of his niche now. And he's building his team out there. So guys, let us know. We can make that connection for you. But yeah, man. Um, uh, beyond that, I mean, you know, just taking it day by day, the Amazon automation store is finally fully functioning. And so if you guys haven't listened to the Adam Whitney episode, um, his second episode, he talked about Amazon automation. And honestly, he was the one that kind of introduced me to it. I've been researching it for years. It, I'm not a tech guy, so I messed it up the first couple of months, but it took me about three months when really it should take about one month. And it's now it's cranking out money very beautifully. It's doing what it's supposed to do. So that's now up and running. Um, that's going well, still struggling with some damn refinances, man, and, and, and doing some other stuff. But beyond that, man, I'm grateful. I'm blessed. I can't complain, man. How's everything going with you? It's going well, man. Um, we, uh, with the, I'm changing property managers on one of my, uh, one of my units. And, uh, that's been really great, especially we just got some guys cleaned out. Um, and I got one vacancy right now. Cause we just, have, we had to evict someone. Uh, who was taking advantage of the system. If you guys listen to the episodes enough, I, I've probably talked about it a little bit, but there, you know, all those guys that have been taking advantage of things like that the government's given, you, dude, your time's coming, man. Your time is coming, dude. Like the people that are taking advantage of the, the uh, coronavirus thing, I'm not saying that like everybody's doing it, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there scamming and jamming, man. Like, yep. <laughs> so, and, it, and it's starting, it's finally starting to catch up, right? So got that person evicted. Same thing with the PPP loans, man. Those people that are scamming and jamming with the triple P loans, dude, um, you know, your time's coming. But the vacancy that we have, the, the little bit of, um, I guess, gratification that I'm getting now, because, you know, I had a tenant that didn't pay rent for probably like eight or nine months, uh, because they were literally just taking advantage of the, the, the coronavirus situation, even though they were still working. Um, and they were just claiming they weren't working right. Um, and finally got that person evicted, but now we got a vacancy there. So we're getting a bunch of applications in, right? Um, and of I'd, I'd say about like four or five of the 10 applicants that we got on that one unit, they had recent new large collections um, mm. on their account. Guess what those $8,000, $10,000 collections were? They were from not paying rent, right? So likely they were the same people. There were there were people just like the person that we just kicked out that we sent stuff to collection. I'm not going to get that money back. It's, it's right. whatever. But right. um, those those same people are going out there and they're looking for new apartments uh, to take. And uh, guess what, man? There's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to rent to you because you have a large collection on your account that's straight up, you know, from from the last place that you uh, the last place that you were, you know, you were skipping rent. <laughs> skipping rent from fraudulently so um i'm getting a little uh, satisfaction there i'm seeing those i'm like nope we're not you know i'm not trying to to uh to rent out to anybody who was taking advantage of the system so um 
again, that's not to say that I, I might get some hate on that or whatever, but you know, that you guys know that there's a lot of people out there that are taking advantage of the, of, of the current situation. Uh, and I know there's some out there that, you know, actually their job really did get affected, but I think there's, a, there's, I'd probably say about 40% of the people out there, maybe even more, um, are just scamming and jamming, dude. Like, <laughs> so, but uh, that's long tangent. I'm really excited about that. We got somebody coming in, uh, get, clearing up that vacancy, pushing up rents from like 725 to like uh, 800. So pretty, nice. uh, pretty excited yeah. about that. Um, so we're looking for that to, to kind of stay, stay stable. And then other than that, just got some family photos we're about to take soon, but today's guest, Mike Ford, man, another Mike on the show. And, uh, yo, you guys stay tuned for this episode. Like Mike drops some, he, he, he gives out some, some, uh, great information, great content for transitioning soldiers, Mm -hmm. some action steps that you need to take in order to set yourself up for success. But he also goes into some of the, uh, to some of the the things that really changed his mindset, and he opens up and he, he's he kind of explains some of the situations that he went through when he was deployed, um, that that kind of shaped his mindset and shaped where he's at today. Um, and I, I just think this is a very pa- uh, powerful story, powerful information, great mindset, uh, great mindset. Listen, it's not all about real estate, but uh, it, it definitely can be applied to real estate, Mike. Yeah, so. Every a lot of people ask me when is the pivotal, you know, pivotal moment that Mike Glasby started to make the transition into entrepreneurs. And guess what, guys? It was with the day I met Mike Ford. Not even lying, right? I'm I'm dead ass serious. I met him in academy and the sport by the gloves. He came up and he said something, and it took off from there, man. So Mike Ford, not only you got to listen to the end because everybody here wants to know how you can take your business and get a government contract that'll pay you up to $250,000 without any other big paperwork approval. Everybody wants to know that. You got to wait to the end for that. But in between there, he is talking a lot about some of those skills that the military didn't teach him that he had to learn in order to create jobs for himself when he got out. That's the key, guys. He didn't, these jobs did not exist until he created them. Think about that. He's got government contracts paying him $250,000 and he's creating jobs that's paying him six figures. Yep, without further ado, let's just get right to the episode. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glasby. And this is the Military Cash Flow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, military cash flow family? Today, we got a special guest, Mike Ford. Thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate that. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing about your journey. Um, so let's start it off, man. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you, where you are, what you're doing, and um, what you, I guess your involvement in the military? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first off, thank you guys uh, for the opportunity to get on here and just share with the community. Um, my heart is still in there, even though I'm not uh, in the military anymore. I was in for 11 years. I transitioned out in January 2018. Um, but all of the guys that were either in units I was in or deployed with me or spent any amount of time with me, they're, they're always hitting me up, asking me about, 
you know, what's it like on the outside? You know, is it as scary as they make it seem? Uh, and I, I'll tell you guys a hey, spoiler alert. Um, when they say the grass is greener on the other side. <laughs> okay, so we'll get into that later on. But um, military for 11 years. Uh, I was an intelligence analyst from day one. I uh, right out of high school, I probably spent about three or four months um, hanging out at home, uh, going to school to become an automotive technician. And my brother's in the military. He's a he's a uh, SAR first class. He's 19 years in, about to hit his last year and get out. Um, he doesn't know yet, right on that fence. Um, but I'm working him, you know, trying to massage him so he knows it's okay, it's safe out here. Um, the other the when I joined. I actually went to the recruiting station that my brother was recruited out of. And so his recruiter sat down with me and, and walked me through the and really took care of me. Um, I, I know I, I've been joking about the transitioning part about how it's safer out here, but you know, it, there's a, there's some really incredible benefits that come with being in the military as well. And they really took care of me. I remember sitting down and looking at this sheet of paper of jobs that were available and the recruiter um, saying, so you did this, you tested well, you can do whatever you want to do. And I looked at the jobs and I went right to the column that said bonuses. And I was like, yeah, yeah. $60,000. That sounds good. I want to do that. He's like, nah, you don't want to be a truck driver. It was an 88 Mike. And it was about it was 2000 and, uh, 2007. So he was like, you don't want to be an 88 Mike. You don't, you don't understand what these guys have to go through deployed. I was like, okay, let me go down the next highest bonus. And he's like, MPs. I've been an MP. He's like, you don't want to be an MP. You don't realize what them dudes do. Deploy. You don't want to do that. I'm like, well, I don't want to, what should I do then? You tell me. And he pointed to the intelligence analyst space. And what sold me on it was kind of funny. He just said, um, that way, when you have conversations with your brother, you can, you can tell him, hey, you know, I, I can't tell you what I'm doing because it's top secret. Um, and I thought that was cool. So I was like, let's go ahead and do that. Um, so day one, been San Antonio, Texas, first five years. Deployed to Afghanistan for 12 months to, to Bagram. I was uh, on the um, the joint, is like the joint debrief, debriefing, interrogation, something or the other center. Um, then I came back, uh, had a, a warrant officer that said, hey, Mike, you need to be well-rounded. So he said, go to a tactical unit. I said, well, where's the best one to go to? He told me uh, the 173rd. So he sent me to airborne school, went to airborne school, after that, uh, and landed in Italy, Italy for two years, deployed again. Uh, and that time I was on a cop and I was able to go out into on missions with some of my guys and stuff. I, I say missions, I only did one. And, it, and if you ever hear, <laughs> if you ever hear my, uh, the way I tell the story about that, man, it's, it's kind of comical, but um, I went out and just, we just got a lot of snow. And then after that, you know, really, I think that was just God saying, buddy, you need to chill out. Uh, you wanted one, I gave you one. You're good. So I ended up coming back, um, hung out for a little longer in Italy, then transitioned or got orders to come down to Fort Bragg. And then I joined the uh, 95th Civil Affairs Brigade. And then after that, I was just hanging out, man, just helping my soldiers get uh, educated on how to be better analysts, um, trained a couple of teams, deployed them out to um, parts of Asia, and then turned around the last year or so, started my transition process, Learned about the MSSA program, transition, and now I'm an IT professional working at Lockheed Martin 
uh, making well over six figures doing that now. That's a quick. I love it, man. And for for the audience that doesn't know me and Mike go way back, like both (laughs) flats on a Cadillac. Yeah, man. And, and uh, I remember, you know, right when I actually started my journey, you were a pivotal part in that, in that transition for me to in a mindset piece. Yep. And, and so you went through a lot through your career, but if we take it back just a little bit further to when you first joined the military, yep. what was that deciding factor? Was it just the fact that your brother was in, you know, was it the, the, the fact that there was bonuses at the time, or was there any other kind of tugging factors that said, you know what, I really want to join the military? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be real with you guys. I'm not real patriotic. Like, you know, guys are like, man, I want to go defend my country. You know, I want to go fight the enemy. Um, that wasn't really what moved me. What moved me to make that decision was heartbreak, Mike. My heart got broken, bro. I was dating this girl. And I remember I was getting my, my dad was trying to, my dad has 20 plus years in the Coast Guard. We've got retired Marines, retired airmen, uh, retired police officers, uh, uh, a lineage of, of, our, of our family members serving in uniform. So my dad was like, hey, Coast Guard or Navy or whatever. I'm like, dad, I don't like water like that. Like, what do you want me? And, and then uh, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I talked to the girl date at the time and she was like, if you leave, I'm not waiting for you. This is, this is high school. This is high school days, right? Can you get me how ridiculous that sounds? High school days. But I was so in love. I was like, man, you know what? Let me hang out. Well, things didn't work out. So I was like, I'm out of here. There's nothing left here for me to be holding on to. So um, that was that was probably the thing that really moved me over was a a desire to um, get away from where I was at home to change things just because it just felt it just felt just the same. Right. Like no one's really doing anything. Um, I, you know, I, I see the same people all the time. Uh, I'm out of school, but it still feels like I'm in school. Uh, you know, the, the potential might, I have friends that are like getting in trouble and losing their minds, doing stupid stuff. And I'm like, I'm a joy, man. And it wasn't until I joined the military that I realized like how important, how significant of a decision it is and just what it really means. Cause I was thinking about my brother. I'm all like, I'm going to get to go and fight with my brother. Like I'll be able to help him with Intel stuff, you know, and fight alongside. We actually deployed, we were in Afghanistan at the same time, just a different parts of, of Afghanistan. Um, and I, you know, it, it, it was so, I had such a change of heart when I joined from, I'm, I'm joining because of heart, heartbreak to when I transitioned, when I left AIT, I, for some reason, I'm waiting for the taxi to come and get me. And as I'm waiting, I had another buddy of mine, Duran, who, who's sitting next to me. And, and I just start crying, bro, like sobbing. And he's like, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I guess I'm just going to miss everybody. I didn't realize that the level of tightness when you go through, so, I mean, for us, we're like, it's just basic training now. But if you know nothing, right, you've never experienced anything like that the level of attachments you grow to the, to the dudes or the, the people, the other, your soldiers, your, your battle buddies that are around you. That's, it's significant, you know? And um, it just felt like, like after that, like, that was it, I guess. Uh, I guess they buy it all my friends now. Uh, so I, I don't know if that, if that, if that, you know, really kind of 
if that helps with the, or that answers the question really, but I guess I, for me, I, I think about that decision and just in the process of going through life, the heart changes, the mind changes, right? We talk a little, well, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into mindset and things. The, the mind changes. And if you are not, I think if you're not in the position for, this is for anybody, if you're just not in a growth oriented mindset, right? We talk about, you know, growth mindset. If you're fixed versus growth, you have a hard time making decisions and moving because there are areas, of, there are places in your life, goalposts in your life that you can't see that has been, that, that are designed specifically for you to get there. But the only way that you're going to get there is that you have to be open to doing things you thought you'd never, ever, ever do. You never thought you'd do. Um, because it's that, it's the little, it's like the little bits of nuggets that come from those other moments that lead to um, that part of your life where you, you, you needed to get to in order for you to be where you are right now, you know? So um, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I like, um, I like your thought process through that, that entire journey. Right. And you talk about the growth, uh, the growth mindset, what's something that I guess helped you do that? Because I see a lot of, uh, I, I assume, well, let's start, let's start here. When, when you got out of the military, when you ETS, what was your rank? I was a staff sergeant. Okay. So I see a lot of like NCOs, junior NCOs get out, right. And they don't really have a plan, right. And they right. don't really have that, that growth mindset. And you kind of talked about the, the grass is greener on the other side. And, and, and right now you're sitting in a position where, where everybody talks about like, oh yeah, man, I'm going to get out. You know, I haven't done any networking. I haven't really thought about it. I haven't made any plan or anything like that, but I'm going to get out. And I know I'm going to make six figures because I have this, you know, I was a soldier and I defended the country and, you know, yeah. this is how much I'm worth. And that's a common misconception though, but here you Absolutely. are, you're actually in that space. So yep. how were you able to, to make that transition smoothly? What was yep. the plan that you made to, to actually attain that, you know, where you're at right now? Yeah. I think, I think it's a great time to introduce um, where, where my mindset really started to change. Um, when I deployed, when I came back from my second deployment, uh, I was still very much in the, I am going to become a warrant officer. I am going to, uh, you know, do something special. I was looking at a lot of special, you know, mission units and other opportunities that would allow me to just go and do something um, super duper cool. And I wanted to go do those things. So that's where my mind was. And I was, you know, looking at different opportunities and trying to do things and doors just kept getting closed in my face man they're like mos shortages at your unit you can't go nowhere you're fenced in um you need more time doing whatever for you to be a warrant officer so sorry you can't be a warrant officer mm. um you know hey I, I, I remember i was scheduled to go do um an assessment and the the, the dude who um, was scheduled they hit me up and said hey cancel everything um something happened with uh, your unit or your mos and and you know you can't go anywhere so all these doors are getting closed in my face. And then I saw um, that Cybercom launched and I looked at Cybercom and I was like, man, I can be an Intel analyst, but in cyberspace, that'd be super cool. And I remember looking at the requirements and they were like, you need four years of IT experience for you to do. It. I said, where am I going to get four years of IT experience, man? Where's that going to come from? And I started to think to myself, um, well, like, what do I need to do? I was in college at the time. 
I was like, what do I need to do to start to develop some of that? And I sat down and I put on, uh, there was when Samsung's like, they had like those Oculus goggles where you put your phone in. I had one that I never, I don't really like play games that much, but I was like, let me put it on just to see what's going on. And they had this thing about hacking. And I was like, you're like a hacker. And uh, on the side panel, it had some news articles that they kind of made up, right? But one of them said quantum computing is now a normal thing and it is impossible for anyone to stop it or hackers are using it to do bad things. So I was like, is that real? And I remember I went and I did some research and found out that it, that quantum computing is a thing, that it's not yet viable, but it is a thing and it's uh, potential is um, very significant, both for the good and for nefarious actors, right? And I was like, how, how can I position myself well for this? I wrote a little paper on it that talked about quantum computing and its impacts on national security. And in that process, my mind started to turn. I'm like, man, I can, what if I built a team that all we did was as white hat hackers go and help organizations identify where they're vulnerable and we can still, like, I'll just do it myself. I don't need to, I'll just build something on my own and I'll just do it. That's what's going to happen. This is all while you were in, right? Like all these This is while I was in. That you wrote, all this is while yeah. you were in. Okay. This is while I was in still. And, and it's just, just, just my mind turning um, and thinking about things, right? And I, if my dad, he planted a seed before I joined the military. It was probably two years before I joined the military or so. Every summer I would go to the Bahamas. He was stationed at the embassy. And he would have me work at the, at the embassy, helping people do passport things and and then one time I was at, at his house, man, he comes to me and he says, son, I have done everything that I can do as an employee to make sure that we maximize. He has three retirement checks. He, you know, maxing out his retirement funds. He's like, I've done everything as an employee um, that you can do in this country. He came from Panama. We're first, we're, my, my dad and my mom came from Panama and um, I was born here in the States with my brothers, right? So my dad goes, now it's your turn to take whatever I've done, take it to the next level. I'm like, how do I do that? Right. And he says, you don't have to think about it. And he gave me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Right. Now, what's funny is that I wasn't much of a reader back then. And I didn't even read the book all the way. I remember I got to the point of the book where Robert Kiyosaki was talking about, um, you know, buy three houses, hotel, buy three houses, then a hotel. You need to be invested. My rich dad told me this. My rich dad told me that. My rich dad told me this. And it was just that little bit where I was like, is that really a thing that you can just create your own success like that? And I just tucked it away. Fast forward 11 years. And here I am thinking now I want to start something on my own. Okay. So I've got this grand idea. My soldiers are laughing at me because I'm whiteboarding what it would look like and how it would work. I've got the idea, guys. This is how it's going to work. They thought I was kidding about it. Um, and then I'm get I'm looking for the retirement NCO. So I, I leave my building. I'm planning my exit. And as I'm going to, to look for retirement NCO, I go to the wrong building in USASOC, right? I walk in. I get scanned or whatever. I walk in the doors. I'm like looking around, looking around, looking around. And I see this dude running. He might as well have been running, but he was moving, man. And I grabbed him and I said, hey, sir. Um, I'm looking for the retirement NCO. Uh, am I in the right spot? And he looks at me and says, uh, you may not be. It's in another building. And he asked me what I'm trying to do. And I said, I'm trying to, I want to transition. Um, 
and I'm looking at this. I actually wrote this paper. This is just kind of where my interests are. I'm feeling a real pull and a real drive to do these things. And he looks at me and goes, okay. He says, uh, what do you think about sitting down during lunch? And I can walk through some stuff with you. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I help soldiers transition up the military. Uh, it was Captain Mike Wolk and yeah, Mike Glassby. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> that was Mike Wolk. Mike Wolk was moving, bro. And I, I tell people this all the time. If I would have got out the car and just stopped to tuck my laces in, you know, re-blouse my pants, I would have missed the opportunity to be right there at that very moment where Mike Wolk was. Cause he was, you know, you know how he is, man. Mm -hmm. Right now, right now he's at right now, he's at Cybercom doing some really incredible things. Major Wolk. Incredible, incredible things. Um, so we sat down for lunch and he walked me through this process of what it looks like to transition up the military. And then he introduced me to the, the education system, the BWW education system. And that's where we, you know, I eventually ended up selling uh, some Amway products, right? Joined the Amway organization. And, you know, sometimes people hear that and, and obviously they have different ideas of what that is. Um, but I think we were very fortunate in what we experienced that it wasn't people just trying to make fast money, um, that it was people really trying to, uh, you know, create some real life change. And so we got to sit down and we got the personal growth um, benefit outside and additional to understanding how to just handle a no, uh, how to try to sell things, uh, how to how to build a team, how to try and, you know, be in, be in partnership with people like it that was probably the most significant um, thing that happened in our lives that really positioned us to where we are right now. Um, it equipped me with the soft skills that I needed. Soft skills for the folks that are in the military and they're sitting back thinking that they're gonna transition and then land. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. And whatever, that, that's a really good point because one of the things that you had 11 years, you had 11 years of some very qualified and diversified experience, but the military unfortunately does not cater 
towards a lot of the soft skills required for that transition. Right. And, and I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, that, that we met, we met around roughly around that same time. You were already a little bit seasoned, but you introduced me to some of those soft skills. Cause I was yeah. a very rigid, hard driven, you know, here's the box. Here's the calendar guy as well. Okay. All right. So what, what soft skills? Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Explain some of those soft skills real quick. Yeah, and then I had a couple of things that you touched on that I wanted to kind of, kind of uh, figure out what that was as well. So, but go ahead. A absolutely. The number one soft skill is straight up listening. Oh. As military dudes, you know, our definition of listening sounds like this. Uh, I need you to stop talking and <laughs> execute. I need you to listen. When you develop the, the skill for you as, a, as the individual, not the one that is um, leading other people. And there are phenomenal leaders in the military, but there are also leaders that they rely so heavily on the level one leadership, right? Like John C. Maxwell talks about the positional leader that they've never gone from a level one to I think level three is really a place where you really start to bloom. Are you guys familiar with that? The levels of leadership with John C. Maxwell sort of kind of level one is your positional leader. Um, level two is the leader relationship. Level three is your leader of, of um, I think it's like leader of production. And then level four is like, you're now producing other leaders. Uh, and then your level five is a pinnacle leader. Like people follow you just because they hear your name and they, they've heard of you from other people. And John C. talks about when you become a level one leadership, you have authority. You're leading by authority because of the position that you in. People have to listen to you. Now, as a military leader, how easy is it to rely so heavily on that, that you don't take the time to understand what it means to develop relationships with people? And in order for you to be in a good relationship, you have to understand how to listen. You have to understand how to listen to the people that you're leading. And, and I get, and, and this has been, Man, I tell this story because it. When I was in Afghanistan, my first deployment, and I don't, I don't remember, Mike. I, I think I've, I've shared it with you. Um, but coming on the last few weeks of my deployment in Afghanistan, I remember that we had this soldier, and uh, I, 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 I went into the area where he was working, like a bunch of computers and stuff. I went, I was like, "Hey, man, you know what are you up to?" And it was, we're probably two weeks away from coming home. And this dude says he looks at me and goes. Don't, you know, don't have to talk to me. Kind of goes off. And I remember my first reaction, obviously I'm trained. This is how I've been trained to be a leader is to respond with him, to respond to him with equal or greater force. So I said, when you talk to a non-commissioned officer, you're going to boom, 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 this, boom, 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 that, F and this, F and that. And then I walked away from that interaction, banging my chest like, He's never going to do that again. I just taught him a lesson. This is great. Okay. I go outside. I'm getting ready to go on a run with, with one of my senior NCOs. And I'm, I got my headphones on, man, and I'm stretching. He says, hey, I'm going to go to the latrine. I'll bear it back. And, you know, you guys have been over this. So they're like connexes, right, that have been changed into, like, latrines and stuff. So he goes into one of them. And I'm outside stretching. The music is playing. And I'm, and I'm putting my shoes on. And, and as, I'm, as I'm stretching, man, I hear this pop sound and i have no idea what it is i turn around i look at the the guy who's working on a generator he like stops and looks at me and goes so i just kept tying my shoes and obviously 
looking around, I'm tying my shoes. Had another NCO come out of the these transition tents we were in. He walks out, walks behind me, you know, goes into the latrine. Um, he's in the latrine for a little bit. Then he comes out the latrine and says, don't let anyone in there. Someone just blew their head off in the latrine. Okay. So I wait. Here comes Chaplin, you know, SAR major, the colonel, the whole medics. They all run out there. They're going to the latrine. He comes out and says, man, um, it was so-and-so, you know, the soldier that, that I last spoke to at that very moment. Now, I used to carry that around with me and really just, uh, I mean, I took responsibility for that, right? Carrying a lot of shame and guilt around what happened. And I've heard people have told me, hey, Mike, you know, you don't, have to, you know, don't, don't feel bad about that because, it, you know, if he was going to do it, he was going to do it anyways. He was already there. You guys know how serious uh, suicide is in our community. If he was going to do it, he was going to do it anyways, man. And then for a little bit, I thought that makes sense. And it wasn't until I started to develop some of the soft skills that I understand now to understand that that's not true. And not only, it wasn't just the soft skills because another major area of my life is my belief in God. I'm, I am Christian. And when you have a power that is outside of yourself, there is something that comes, it, it's a different kind of way that you view the world and you view people. And so that was a hard lesson that Mike Ford had to learn because I did not have the skills to really truly be in relationship with people the way that, that God has said, this is how you should be in relationship with people. You love the golden rule, right? Love your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And then you love your neighbors the same way you love yourself. Okay, that the soft skills that would have protected or who, that would have changed the, the trajectory of that very moment, the number one soft skill is listening. And the thing is that it's not like, I know we've heard things about, you know, active listening and nodding your head and repeating what they're saying at the end of a sentence, because that's how you demonstrate that you're listening. That it's not about like a bunch of skills in listening. I think the thing that I've had to work on, which has been evident in my relationship with my wife, because our marriage was all kinds of crazy too, and it didn't get better until I started to develop these things, was that people have a problem expressing two things. One, they have a problem clearly articulating what they feel, emotion-wise. How many emotions do we have uh, in the military? Probably a handful of them, right? And if no time has been spent improving your emotional quotient, your EQ, your emotional intelligence, you are going to step out into this world with a handful of emotions that translate to something else when you're talking to people out here. They don't mean uh, um, that you don't move people with five emotions. You're going to be making the same mistakes if everything you label is one of those five emotions, you're going to be taking the wrong action every single time. And you're going to be confused as to why you cannot transition or you don't fit in wherever you're going. We can't articulate emotions. And it's because we just don't have enough words in our vocabulary, emotional granularity. There's not enough words. The second thing is that we have a very hard time expressing what we need. So if I, if I have master telling you that I feel 
how many, you know, um, you've heard people say things like I feel, and then they give you this, whatever kind of thing, instead of saying, I feel an emotion. Um, you know, I feel like you shouldn't have done this that, and the other, instead of, I feel hurt or I feel agitated. I feel betrayed because I think, and then you fill in the blank because you're feeling what you, your, your emotion are based off of what you think. But after you've mastered that, the next thing is, how do you then, how do you then share with somebody that um, this is what I need? This is what I need. And will you partner with me to help me get there? Now, as, a, as someone who is listening in that space, you're listening for what people are feeling and what for, for what they're needing. When I stepped out of the military and anytime I sat down either with someone for a job or an organization I wanted to work for, I sat down and I was listening to what is it they needed? What do you need? What do you need? How can I be, how can I bring my skill set to the table and help, you know, match or whatever the, you know, help, help get in there, add value to the organization. What do you need? It's not about what I've accomplished at that point. Oh, right. I, I love that you shared that. And I want to thank you for sharing that story because that that's a sense of vulnerability that one, a lot of service members don't want to express. And two, a lot of men don't want to express. And let's be honest, the majority of our audience is men. Yeah. And I've been trying to work on myself personally for opening up for, for stories and situations like that too, because many people don't realize that in the military, there are several events that cause us to experience emotional, uh, you know, uh, uh, changes in our yeah. life, right? That, that comes out in depression, PTSD, yeah. Yep. Uh, suicidal thoughts and things yep. of that nature. And we don't necessarily, those that go to combat, that's one separate piece of it. Others that don't go to combat still have their own experiences. And the simple fact that, you know, understanding how to communicate better. I think that's great for leadership. Absolutely. That's great for a human being just in general. And yep. more importantly, uh, and I'm not excluding women, but men as a, as a norm, we have a very difficult time expressing ourselves. Yep. Uh, so again, I want to thank you for sharing that story. And I hope that that resonated with the majority of the audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I also love how you said that that's how understanding that skill set, that is how you, you know, moved into finding those positions of employment or opportunities to start your own career and things yeah. like that, because you simply asked those who are hiring, <laughs> you know, what is it that you need? All right. And, and on that same token, you also went through a certification process. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. The MSSA the program. Yeah. yeah. Talk to us about that. Obviously. Um, so remember I was talking about having a four years of IT experience and when I was going through the transition, uh, you first off, you don't have to do anything alone, man. Like when you guys, when, when it's time to transition, you don't have to do anything alone. There are so many resources available. It's overwhelming sometimes. Um, but the amount of time that you need, you know, if, if you're retiring and you can start your transition process, I think two years out, do it. Yep. If you're getting out, you're not retiring. You, I think you have one year from the transition date, like start that process and be prepared to fight your unit for the time <laughs> to go do that and be ready that when they say no, or they come up with whatever detail that they just made up at that time for you to go be a part of, that you are ready to tell them, this is the regulation for this thing. 
And if you all are not willing to follow those things, you all, all I'm doing is I'm following the rules in the book. That's all I'm yeah. doing, man. I want I want to highlight that because that's a really good point right there. Yep. So everybody understand that when you're ready to transition out, guess who cares? Nobody. So for them, when they get a detail that comes down the chain of command, which they always do, yep. they're going to look for free bodies. Guess who's the free body? Yep. The person trying to transition out, right? And so just like Mike Ford said, it, there is a, there's a regulation, there is a guideline that the military must follow for transitioning members. They must be allowed to pursue X, Y, and Z. Yep. So it's very important that you understand what you're allowed to do so you can stand up. Because I'll tell you what. Just because they're a major, a captain, a lieutenant colonel at that time, don't be disrespectful, but right. don't be afraid to say, Absolutely. sir, ma'am, this is what the regulation is. And I'm Absolutely. just simply following protocol. Yep. That's I can it. definitely Good speak point. to I can definitely that, that is an excellent point. I can definitely speak to that. I have several soldiers that that are go to, through transition at the same time, even when I was at, when I was a commander. And, and you're, you're right. I mean, the easy person for a, for a first sergeant or, you know, the senior NCO to choose is the person that's, that's likely not going to be around for a little, for, for, for longer that can't, it doesn't make any sense to put him, you know, on a range when he's leaving in four months, what's, what's his qualification going right. to do, whatever, whatever that thing is, just using that as an example. But um, if you say, if you say, Hey, this is, this is what I'm doing, you know, th this is my plan and I need this X, Y, and Z, then that's right. You know what I mean? And that's one of the reasons why I ask you, hey, there's a lot of people that don't have plans. So there's there those those people are extremely susceptible to saying, oh, whatever, I'll go do the, you know, I'll go yeah. do and I'll figure it out after. Yeah. Uh, afterwards. So it's extremely, extremely, extremely yeah. important to have that plan. Um a year, two years, even as soon as you are even thinking about uh, ETS. And honestly, I think as soon as you come into the military, you should have some kind of plan. Have, a, have an exit plan, right? Exactly. Yeah. Things, th exactly the same thing with real estate, right? You know, yeah. make your money on the buy, right? You go into the, you go into the military, you're going to make your money going in the military. If you have that plan, you know, and, and right. there, there's some wiggle room, you know, uh, you got some left and right limits w w that you can kind of swag a little bit, but um, for the most part, you know, as soon as you figure it out, you need to start backwards planning yes. and starting to execute that plan uh, yes. on your way out of on your way yeah. out, whether you're ETS and a retire retiring. Yeah. So yeah. I would tell, I would tell, I would tell anybody, right? If someone said, hey, you know, um, Mike, uh, what what's the thing that prevents people from planning? Or what's the thing that, that prevents people from um, you know, just taking it more, taking more ownership in that space, um, is that. I would say that they're just conditioned to believe that they really are, you know, Sergeant PFC something last name, or you are first letter of your last name, last four of your social. Um, they'll value and the worth you. It's kind of been lost because you have just been clumped in with, you know, the same camouflage, the, the same, you know, bags, the same, armor the same everything and your sense of individuality has been lost in that and so what happens is when they come to the transition to them they're just like uh you know it's not really that that important i mean they're gonna do this anyways or this is you know this always happens anyway so i'm just gonna just let them do let the army do whatever it does to me i had a soldier one time um a very good friend of mine she was getting out 
and she was looking at the um, the VA stuff, right? And she didn't want to pursue the VA stuff seriously because she was like, oh, you know, I'm not really hurt. Nothing's really bothering me. I'm okay. And I look at her, I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, you have no idea what has happened, you know, to the time that you've been into your body, to you emotionally, to you mentally, um, to you physically, that'll catch up later on. Um, and the other thing is, well, the other, her other thing was, well, you know, because I'm not really her, well, I don't really deserve any of that stuff. I don't really want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, so the value for herself is not there. So I told her, I said, listen, if, if you really believe that, go through the process anyways. Yes. When you get your rating, I want you to take that money and go give it away. Go give it away. Go put it in, go, go, go give it to other veteran organizations that, that you feel really deserve that. Go, go do that. Um, and long story short, it's been years now. And she's been able to transition. She was 100%, right? Got out. She transitioned. They started to compensate her. And she has been able to live life without worrying about how she's going to feed herself every day and has been able to focus on building a copywriting business using the resources that she got from when she transitioned from the VA stuff. See, and that, and, and for those who don't know, we put out a video not too long ago about how to get hundred percent with the VA. And just like Mike said, it's primarily about just filing guys, because yep. it, it clearly states what the military has caused or made worse. Okay. And you do not know what has changed. But I do want to highlight, man, you said something that I think is so um, enlightening in the fact that we are, we know this to be a fact, right? The military essentially teaches us to be one band, one sound. We're one team, one unit. It yeah. is the, the needs of the many always outweigh the needs of the few. Right. But it's a, it, I never really thought about it, even in the psychological approach that you just did. All wearing the same uniform. We are called by our rank and last name. You know, we have uh, the same equipment, the issue and sequence, everything we attend, whether it's our medical or it's our uh, equipment issue, it's an assembly line. Yep. We're literally da 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 da. And you're right, by us being essentially groomed to think that we are one unit, when it is time to transition, it's very difficult for individuals to say, what, how am I going to survive without this? Right. You know, I'm leaving the host. How am right. I going to you exactly. know, go out here and survive? Exactly. And that's a really good point. I never even thought of it yeah. in that picture, but that's exactly what many of us go through during that transition. We're scared yep. because we don't know what to do with when we yep. leave the family. Yeah. That's a good and, point. And, and you know, it's funny uh, because you, right, you just said we're scared and how many people are willing to honestly say that we've been taught the whole guys. I, I mean, every, I, I remember I was sitting at the table talking to Penny about something, man, there was something that was going on. And I was just, for some reason, I started thinking about the very first time that I volunteered to deploy and my, my, the NCO, my senior NCO at the time, funny, I mean, he was a great guy. We're still in touch. Um, Sam Rogers. And he, and I remember I'm sitting down he was really taking care of me. I mean, like the, the character of this dude, well, I mean, I got to the unit and I was like, I'm in love with this girl in AIT. I'm going to go back and watch her graduate. He's all like, you don't want to do that. I'm like, yeah. I said, yeah. You know, Sergeant Roger, yeah, man, like, I love this girl, man. Let me go back. And, and he's like, I tell you what, I'm going to play. I'm going to pay for your flight 
for your hotel and for everything. You go out there, I'll see you when you get back. Sure enough, I went out there, came back with my head hung low. Uh, <laughs> right? Because anyways, but he's an incredible dude. Um, so he tells me, I remember sitting out when I volunteered to go and we've developed this really nice, real cool relationship right? where he looks at me kind of like a little brother. He's taking care of me. And um, he's all like, hey, the unit, the students are getting ready to go. They need one analyst. And there's other three analysts at the table. I'm like looking around. No one's saying anything. And I'm like, and he looks at me. And all he does, he just looks at me and goes, that look of like, I am concerned, but I knew you were going to be the one to say it. I know. And it's something that, that on for like, you have to do it. You, you have to have that experience. Um, and, and why do I say I think he was like, you have to have the experience. I think because there are, you, you don't necessarily take how, how important your job is until it's in a situation where it is tangible to results if you don't do a good job, you know? So, and I just got, and I just got engaged or just got married. Right. So he's like, man, I remember telling this story to Penny and telling her as I'm talking about it, I just start sobbing. I'm like, now here it comes. I'm crying, crying, crying. And she's like, yeah. She's like, what are you feeling? I was like, I think I was just really scared. I was just scared. But I didn't say anything. I just did it because everyone was, you know, like that's that's what was expected me. Like, I just did it. I just did it. Every time I jumped out of a plane, I was scared. Scared, scared as shit. I scared. hate every 50 some odd jumps. I'm scared. <laughs> I, you know, I would get on commercial flights and be terrified, Mike, on a regular plane. <laughs> commercial, thinking to myself, I've got no shoot on. There, these these fools have no idea how to navigate this thing. We're going down. This is it. Um, I was scared, man. And because some of us are, I mean, most of us are, we've been taught to just suck it up, be brave and go do things. And that's, that's important, man. There's a lot of incredible men and, and women that have made these awesome, like, I mean, they write stories about them, right? The sacrifices that they've made. All right. And, 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 and it's incredible acts of bravery, self selfless, bravery, courage. Yes. You know, I, right. you know, they say they say that courage is is not the absence of fear. It's acting in the face of fear. Right. Still right. taking that action. And to, to kind of bring that into into life, I think because people see individuals, it could be us, it could be anybody else do something and accomplish something. Right. They feel like there was no fear. There was no right. doubt. There was no anything. Yeah. And right. everything, you know, as an entrepreneur, as an individual who goes out against the grain, they don't yep. stick with the, the norm. Yep. Everything is fear. Transitioning out of the military, starting your own business, moving to a new city, getting married, right? Having kids, all these things, you're scared. And I, I don't know, Dan, were you were you scared when the kids were, were, were about to pop out? Well, we don't have any kids yet, man. What, what, what about have, Dan's got we, two, But yeah. when we got married, yeah. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. we got married, when when uh, when um, we moved in together, when uh, Penny that. and I, when Penny and I decided that uh, we were gonna start working on kids, like how we are now, yeah. Like I, I ask questions all the time, like how do I be a good father? That's a different. Yep. That's a different responsibility. A different. That's level all responsibility. different. And what about and what about you, Dan? 
when the kids yeah, are I mean, about that, to pop there's, a, there's a lot of points in, I think, everyone's life where there's going to be, uh, I mean, every single thing you do is essentially a risk for the most part. So right. you're, you're deciding you're, there's an opportunity cost involved, right? If you do X, you're, you're missing out on Y, right? And same thing with joining the military is easy. Getting out of the military is easy. Obviously having kids, you guys probably don't know this. If you look up my name and then look up Fort, uh, Fort Stewart and like baby, like I, we delivered our baby on the side of the road, like our first child, like you talk about scared. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So Look up Dan Wynn, Fort Stewart, baby. You're going to see the article. We were in the news <laughs> <laughs> on the TV wow. and stuff like that. So, so yeah, man, there's a lot of, um, the, the first time you do anything, there's going to be a, a sense of, um, I don't know what the heck is going on. I mean, you think, you know, uh, Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg or, uh, you know, any yep. grant card, anyone you can think of, right? Yeah. Everyone started from something and they had no idea what the heck they're doing. And yep. as they outgrow themselves, they still really don't know what they're doing, you know, because they're all figuring out for the first time. There's no Absolutely. specific blueprint for anyone's anyone's life, right? So everything you're doing, you're you're you're, yeah. you're kind of figuring out along the way. So you shouldn't yeah. feel that way. But what I want to do is I want to give uh these, I mean, you mentioned so much great stuff and you gave so much powerful mindset in like uh yeah. just, just just great information for for those soldiers out there listening right what i want to do is is try to help give them some actionable steps right so we absolutely talked about, so we talked about some of the things that they can definitely do to prepare themselves for getting out of the military yeah soft skills we talked about listening we talked about you know being able to express yourself um, yep. and communicate effectively right but and you also mentioned some like great uh resources that are yep. available um, what are some of those things like, let's, let's kind of give these guys some, if you could give some yeah. steps, right? So yeah, yeah. We talked about developing the soft skills. What about yep. uh, some of those great resources that, that you think that they need to really kind of hone in on and, and kind of, I, I what I really want to do is, is kind of help lead people to yes. essentially do what you're doing. Let's say I, I'm not an entrepreneur, right? Right now, and I'm not an entrepreneur, yeah. but I want to yep. get out. And, and I want to use my skills, prepare myself to, to get out and, and get a six-figure job like everyone talks about, right? Yeah. What, what are those things that I really need to be focusing on and, and how can I get there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to mention real quick, I know we're kind of cutting it close on the time and stuff, but um, we I do have a business, Trinity Data Solutions and IT Services. Our business is selling IT. Listen, Mike Ford, no IT background, none of that stuff. That's what I do as a business now. My, my customers are the, the federal government, state and local government. We are pursuing contracts, taking advantage of our uh, the service disabled, veteran, uh, things that, that we can um, you know, uh, get our business certified as to be able to compete uh, in, a pool of in a pool of contracts that other companies can't because they're not small and they don't have our socioeconomic statuses. So um, maybe we could have gotten into that, but I just, no, no. I think it's really we'll important. That now. Yeah. I don't care if this thing goes longer. We're, we're yeah. gonna, let's yeah. get into this because okay. I think this is, because this is super important. So I, maybe, I, maybe I misunderstood. I knew you were doing some, I knew that you were doing um, uh, contracting and you were resourcing out contracts from the government with your own business. But at the same time, I thought it was, I thought you were doing it on the side in conjunction with like a regular 40. Can you, can you get, like kind of go over that? Like, yeah, so maybe I'm just a little. Yeah, no, 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 no worries. Right. And, and that was my fault. I didn't bring it up at the beginning. So we, when I, when, when I transitioned, um, my, the first job was on brag doing it stuff. Uh, they, they told me, can you install SQL Server? I said, I don't know. They said, here's a YouTube video. We'll see you on Monday. 
that was based on my networking ability. Just so y'all know, that's how I got my first job. Mm -hmm. Less than 12 months later, they were asking me, we need to deploy an application to Lexington, Kentucky. Um, we've got a customer out there. Will you fly out there and go? I said, absolutely. I'll fly out there and go do it. Nothing I'd never done before. Let me go. So I'm flying out there. Met a guy. The guy said, hey, I I've got a lot of things I'm working on. I said, you don't have enough hands. Are you looking for somebody else to come and help you out? He was like, serious? I said, yeah, man, I'm serious. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that, that, that sounds good. I made an impression. I asked that after a couple of trips. I wasn't my first day there, like, you know, mm -hmm. a couple of trips developing a relationship. And then he gave me a call on the phone and said, what was somebody with skill set A through Z, which were all the skill sets that I had, um, what would that person, if we were to create a position, ask for starting wise? He's like, does 120 sound like a good place for somebody like that? And I'm like, that's a great place to start. My God. <laughs> a great place to start. Right. Um, so anyways, we ended up, ended up, uh, they created a, a position for me. The position was not around. It was because of all the things I talked about earlier, being able to develop a relationship, identify what they need, letting them demonstrating how my skill set falls in there that they were like, we need to create this position in this organization for this dude specifically. I ghosted the requirements. This dude, this, and that also applies to government contracting. You ghost requirements. So when it comes out available to the open market, it's written as if it's just for a single company. That's exactly what I did. And that's how I got the job there. Less than 12 months. Now, while I'm there, another warrant officer, um, comes and he's also at the organization. He goes, Hey man, I got a buddy of mine. Um, I know you're always into this business stuff. You do a lot of talking. I see you teaching. I, we launched a bunch of meetup groups where we're 300 plus people. We're teaching personal growth development classes. I'm teaching salsa lessons at my church, all kinds of crazy things going on. Right. Yeah, man. Getting into the community. And that's the other thing. When they transition, find a place to plant your roots and get in the community, get in the community. That's where home is at. Home is in the community. You got to develop your, your you got to put your roots in, get time to the community. So he tells me, I have a friend of mine who started a business. He put his wife in charge. It's a woman owned business now. And he, she basically uh, contracts him out to go do work for him. And they make millions of dollars. And I'm like, really? That sounds like one of those get quick rich things. He's all like, don't believe me, go look. And I did. Sounds like, sounds like one of those things you hear in the barracks when they're like, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my cousin, he just got out as a E3 and, you know, he's a millionaire because of the skills that he learned while he was a, <laughs> while he was a yeah, fisher, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So he tells me, so, so I said, okay, let me go check it out, man. And um, I got introduced to government contracting, learned about the, what the process looks like, learned about why the government will compensate you so much to go do things. Um, they got guys that create, that build screws, right? You, you are a screw maker and you're like, how are you going to be a millionaire making screws, man? Well, uh, when you're making screws for airplanes that need screws, all of a sudden you're being awarded million dollar contracts just to make screws, you know? So it's, there's a space in there for every sort of job, every sort of skill. You have to understand how to build your NAICS, how to get registered on SAM, how to navigate some of the bureaucracy and the resources that are available for you to learn that. Every city, I think, has a local SBA, right? A small business association. 
has some kind of chapter or maybe a small business development center, that's stop one. Anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, that's the first thing you do. Go find your SBA, go find the SBDC, or you can go online if you want to do the government contract and stuff. It's called a, a PTAC, a Procurement Technical, uh, I don't know, ac Acquisition Center or something like that. But those are people who have been government contracting for more than 20 years. And they essentially, it's a free service that the government provides to you because they want you to build a business. They want you to be successful. And they walk you through the entire process, A to Z, how to get started, how to move your business and all that and that's stuff. for service members that you're talking about the PTAC? That's for anybody. Okay. Anybody. That's and for anybody. It. Anybody that wants to get into government contracting. If, okay, if, if you guys have seen the movie War Dogs. Yes. The War Dogs is literally their arms dealers. They're legal in the beginning, then they get shady <laughs> towards the end, but they are literally bidding out government contracts. And if you watch it, same thing like Mike's talking about, it may be a contract for uh, ammunition. And you may be like, ammunition, well, anybody can do that. Yes, but if the government can come to one source and get all of their needs for the cheapest bid, well, then the government will pay millions upon yes. millions, millions of dollars for that source, just like Michael's saying with the screws. So I didn't even know that the PTAC was a thing. I just wrote that yeah, down. Buddy. Cause I'm about to find a way to make yeah, real estate government contract. <laughs> I tell you what, one of the, one of the things too, that that's really interesting is that when you look at how the government makes decisions, so they have regulation, right? The federal acquisition regulation. Mm -hmm. um, they have DFARS and all kinds of regulations. If you guys go to acquisition.gov, you can see a lot of those regulations and stuff. Um, but what they talk about in there is there's a threshold of where they need permission to make purchases. Now, that threshold outside of an emergency situation, I believe that threshold is $250,000. That means that it's called a simplified acquisition um, procedure. That, that means that for them to make a purchase, generally someone takes a card and goes, now $250,000. What little widgets are being sold in that range that someone can just go and that's it. No paperwork, no additional approvals, none of that stuff. In an emergency situation, like in this middle of the pandemic, that dollar amount was increased, I think, to something like one point something million dollars. So if you understand, right, the first place to go, start a business period, SBA, SBDC, they have mentors for free that'll work with you, your PTAC for free that'll work with you right now in the military the, the like, like the biggest thing you need to be worried about as you're transitioning is am i being i need to take care of myself medically the va process is so important if you guys haven't watched that video by mike on on, on youtube like watch that like it's watch phenomenal. that process take notes i'm sure they're, they're open to getting in touch and helping people like watch the video watch the video Watch the video because that that is what's going to relieve the stress and pressure that you are going to feel thinking that you're not going to have another paycheck for the rest of your life. And you've been getting taken care of for so long that you're like, how am I going to do it? That is going to relieve the stress and, and, and things off of you. Universities in your area, some of them might offer entrepreneur programs where they have scholarships or those type of things for veterans. I just recently completed a, a program through the University of Louisville. That's the right way to say Louisville, by the way. It's Louisville. 
Uh, I had to work on that for months. Um, that's they, they had a program called the, the Lean or the Launcher program. It's the Lean Startup, the business model canvas, but the lean version of it. And they, I'm talking, they had guys on there that Fortune 10 company startup owners, guys that founders and sold their businesses, founding another business, sold, and they're on there teaching you how to go through that process. And it was free because being, being a service member, I'm able to leverage um, those programs that are out there for you, right? But I didn't know about it until I was a part of my PTAC. And my PTAC was the one that sent the email, said, this program is going on for veterans. Go check it out. PTAC, phenomenal source. SBA, SBDC, PTAC, take care of your VA stuff um, pronto. Don't wait on that. And I don't care if you, uh, you up to this point, you might've been telling yourself, it ain't nothing. It doesn't hurt. I'm going to push through it. The transition is not the time to pretend that nothing hurts. Yeah, I just want to like, because we've, we've been talking a lot about that, um, about the, the VA process and Mike put out, the, when I tell you that video is awesome, dude, that video is is absolutely amazing. It, it's actually like our most popular video in the past, the past like couple months. I don't yeah. know if you know, but that thing's been doing, it's been doing numbers because it's such, so important. Like that information is so important. And on top of that, it's not talked about very often. So Mike, right. Kind of is, he lays down because Mike just recently went through this process, right? So yep. he lays out step by step exactly what you need to do, starting to document your stuff, the people that you need to talk to, and and the follow up, the follow up things as well. Now, now when you listen to this, understand we're not advocating, hey, just go try to. And Mike said right. that video too, right? We're not advocating, hey, try to claim some stuff that doesn't really matter. We're just talking about we're talking directly to those people that uh, that have that mindset of suck it up it's not bad. You know what I mean? Cause I'll tell you something. And my dad uh, worked for the VA for, for a long time, actually. And he was actually one of those people that were helping to follow those claims. A lot of people, yeah. they come back, they had a knee injury, right. And they, they ETS. And then guess what? A year later or two years later, their knee is throbbing. Are they, are their knees literally blown out? now this is something that was service related, but they did, they, but they decided to suck it up. Now they're out and, and, and they're not doing as much physical activity. They're not doing as much stuff. And their knee is just on fire that's just a yep. just an example right so yep. so uh please please go yep. watch that video definitely but I, I love what you said there yeah tell well, one of the so i mentioned earlier about us uh, having kids right well for some reason we're we nothing we're both healthy you know everything's functioning no kids are showing up so i go to the va and i'm like hey this is what this is what's going on like that is something I addressed momentarily when I was in the military. Um, nothing's really come of it. And they're like, okay, well, let's do some preliminary up to this point. We can help you. And then other than that, after that, it's kind of out of your pocket, unless it's something that's attached to service. I said, okay. So I sat down, they did an, a, a ultrasound, right? They take ultra, they, the same thing they do checking babies and stuff. They can do that for your test. Am I allowed to say testicles on there? Your testicles. Go for is it. that okay? <laughs> testicles are okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. So they do, they do an examination, man. And they go in and they're looking to see if anything is going on. The lady looks at me and goes, looks like there's some trauma to one of your testicles. And I'm like, interesting. And she goes, and it looks like, you know, some other varicose, um, you know what varicose veins are? Mm -hmm. Apparently this is something that impacts men that between the ages of 15 to 25, 40% of men, 
and they don't know it's a problem until they actually start trying to have kids and they're like why can't i have any kids well it's because the very the 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 uh, I don't, it's a, what's the vein called? The tube, um, the vast difference that the, it, it can develop a varicose vein on the vast difference and it'll pinch that tube so no viable sperm can go through. And you will think that there's nothing wrong with you, right? And that can get worsened, right? Depending on what kind of things that you're doing physically and whatever else. And so that, that's a perfect example. That's a perfect example of just seeing what the military made, could have made worse. And that's why you should go check it out. Made worse. Absolutely. Could have made worse. So I've got a, I've got a, it's funny because I, I got a 1400 appointment right now. Guess what? I'm going to go get looked at. Varicose veins. Yeah, man. <laughs> Doc, I got trauma. I don't know where or when it happened. Don't ask me for details because I'm telling you right now, I got no shame about some of the things I did. And I don't think you want to hear all that. So um yeah but the point of all that is that take the v take the v8 thing seriously man get ahead of it take it seriously the things you think are hurting if you're one year out man I, like it's the time where you any ache or pain that you have take your butt to the medic to the to sit call wherever you need to go hey this hurts me and, i don't care if it's a little ache man this hurts me it needs to be documented Absolutely. And that's just one of the many programs. And I wrote down now the, the, I mean, the SBA, I was very familiar with the SBA and yep. the SBDC, but the PTAC is new to me. So now I'm going to dig all into that. I'm going to dig into that. Well, obviously we'll make a video about that once yep. we kind of figure all that out. Um, yep. Looking up acquisition.gov to understand the thresholds. Now I know that 250,000 is pretty much just a swipe on the card. I'm going to start offering services for a hundred thousand. I'm going to try to get five, five <laughs> exactly. a year now that I know, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. And then there's, uh, there, there's tons of other programs and that's something that, that we can also make a video out. So the, so the audience knows, I mean, yeah. it, it goes on and on from internship yep. programs to those certification programs, yep. so forth and so on. Yep. yep. Um, and, and I mean, this is a perfect example of, 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 a, of a man who came in, um, had no idea what you wanted to do in the beginning. You took a path, you get to this time to transition. And now all of your years of experience, you still had to learn something right before that transition. You still had to learn those soft skills. Yep. And then you took those soft skills and you created your own destiny on the transition, which I think is that right there is probably the most important message of this entire episode yeah. for everybody who's listening is to understand that the skill sets you learn in the military do set you up. But yep. it's still your responsibility to take yes. it that step further, refine it, and then go create. Yeah, you know yeah. your own destiny. Yeah, you got to. You absolutely got to. I, and 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 on that same note, on my at my first job when I got there, they said, "Hey, this is what you're doing with databases and stuff." Man, I I would go and I I do whatever they told me to do, but my mind is thinking to myself. I am right now, I, I, I referenced the story in, in the Bible, man, the story of Joseph thrown into a well. His brother was trying to get rid of him because he was bragging about this awesome, sweet robe that he got and these crazy dreams he was having about how they were all going to bow down to him and they wanted to kill him. But then they changed their heart and they dump him in a pit. So then he gets sold, um, you know, to, to this leader, this, um, uh, to, I think it's a, a Pharaoh in Egypt, man. And, and listen, I'm not a theologian, so don't, 
I'm gonna give you the cliff. Yeah, there was a whole there was a whole movie on it. I got we, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go I'm watch a, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea was that what happened when he was in prison there, he had an opportunity to learn how to be um, the leader that he eventually were, 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 where he was put in charge of a whole bunch of things, right? He he had an opportunity in the middle of captivity, if being a prisoner, being in that in that dude's house. He had an opportunity to use somebody else's resources to develop a skill set he needed to lead, to develop a skill set he needed to be a better whatever it was, right? And I use that example because in, in my life, when I was, whenever I'm somewhere, it's I'm looking around, I'm all like, I'm looking at right now four switches that are stacked up in the office. You know what I'm at? I'm like, each one of those switches is $25,000 each. There's $100,000 of equipment sitting right here not in use you know over here we've got these servers we've got this thing that i said they're not in use what's going on and i asked questions like what's going on so like you know just stuff that you know how, how the government can be a little wasteful they're like no it's just stuff that we just have kind of sitting around haven't really gotten to can i take that and build a lab yeah absolutely and now i'm i built a lab where i'm practicing skills and i'm up up leveling my skills so now the next position i was ready when i went over to fly out and help this dude with what he needed because i sat and i exposed myself to the things that we were using at the moment on someone else's dime someone else's dime you know um so i don't know why i want but i wanted to share that sometimes we get into a place where we're just like okay just tell me what to do and i'll do it yeah. but i mean you got plenty of opportunity lots of resources someone else's dime to become very very good at what you want not what you do but what you want to do what you, you gotta, want to do you, you got to love the military for that because yeah uh, you, there's a lot of things you get to do on the military time you know and legally too cuz like I jumped out of a plane i never ever ever would have paid to jump out of a plane myself and yet the military paid me to do it right or or flying a helicopter and things yeah, of that yeah nature. yeah yeah so you gotta love that. Now, now we do gotta we do gotta wrap this up. Yeah. I know we ran a little long. Before we wrap up, right, I, I just got one more question because we, we kind of left off uh there when we were talking about what you were what you were building, right? So uh you went and you you got I just want to get the full story now because I'm yeah, sure people out there like listening, like, oh man, what so where did it left off at? All right, so so you went up there to uh Louisville and you started <laughs> you started working, and then wh where was the transition to where you actually created your your own mm, uh, your own service. Yeah, so we live in Lexington, Kentucky. That's where I, I you know flying out here and work with an organization out here supporting them. That's where I work now. The transition, the start of my business. I, I'm still working forty hours a week. I'm still doing it. Still employed. That money. I use that to bit to feed my cash cow. Y'all know that you guys know the routine, right? Robert Kiyosaki, you go from being an employee, self-employed, you build your business asset and the money that comes off of that business asset is what you use to then invest into real estate or anything else. Like that's what you use that money. Cause that money is much more. It's the tax is taxed differently. It's got, I mean, it's a lot more of it. So I'm still working 40 hours. And it was in that where I just started learning, man. Whenever I have free time, let me go learn on lunch. Let me go learn. Um, and, and I just started pursuing stuff hard, man. Started pursuing stuff real hard. And, 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 I, and it's funny because the, 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 the director of the organization, he and I have a tremendous relationship. And that dude is all, I mean, he is very supportive. He's even been like, 
hey, we've got some things coming up. What do you guys think about helping us here, helping us there, doing that? I'm like, I don't think that's necessarily, I don't think that's all legal, but we can at least, you know, I really appreciate you guys thinking about us like that because, um, you mean like hiring your business for, yeah, to go do some stuff, but we're in the organization, you know what I'm saying? And, and we can't do that. Um, but it's just the fact again, comes with the, the ability of developing and maintaining good relationships with people that they're, that they want you to succeed the world. There are people out there that want you to succeed. Um, and if you just position yourself, right, you know, um, you, you kind of get yourself in their good graces and, and they'll, they'll take care of you. So, uh, that's where we launched our business and we've just been growing it ever since. Our first contract was with the city of Lexington, Kentucky. How did that go down? Um, I was looking at where contract opportunities come out, right? The open market. Um, but I also learned, remember I said earlier, they, you, people have to create a position for you if, if nothing exists. They'll create something for you if your uh, value, if, if the skill set you have is valuable enough. So I just hit them up, called them up. Hey, I, this is, I've been looking, what's going on? They said, we've got nothing. They're like, and someone hit me up and said, hey, I got your information from somebody else. We're looking to buy laptops. Can you guys do that for us? Got the laptops, man. Bought the laptops, took the price of those laptops, increased it by X amount of percent, sold the laptops to them. They sent me a check. And now, you know, that's a, a, a I think it was like a little over a thousand dollar profit. May not seem like a lot, but got my foot's in the door. That's the they proof hit, of concept. That's it. Yeah proof of concept they hit me back again another laptop set and then i asked i need another opportunity they said here's the cio here's the, the, the director of computer services get on a call with them and now we're waiting for a response on a potential multi-million dollar contract that we submitted a proposal for less than 30 days ago so um we doing good over here you know what yes, i'm saying sir. we eating real nice yes, over sir. here that's great i love it man god i love it yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love that you uh like all those principles. I mean, we talked about the rich dad poor dad. If you guys listen to enough of our episodes, you'll see that's that's kind of a like that book is kind of a recurring theme, right? You know, another book that you guys probably need to read. You definitely need to check out the elite the elite investor. Um, yes, quick quick plug out there. You know what I mean? Um, I think <laughs> I, that's gonna. I'm like, I'm like, where's my copy? My copy yeah. over here on the bookshelf, yeah. man. I, I think <laughs> I think that's soon gonna be a. Uh, yeah, there you go. Hold yeah. Up. I'm still, Mike, I'm telling you, man, find that lady that you felt bad about the deal that oh, was yeah. upside down. Yeah, I've actually been looking for her, man. I have. I find have. her and just, if, just to close that part of your experience with yeah. her, um, it'd be real cool to kind of hear that. You know, it'd be yeah, real cool. And it'd be, I think it'd be a beautiful a beautiful thing to be able to turn around and be like, Hey, this is what I promised you. And over the years, this much interest has occurred on it. Uh, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Just an idea. Yeah. I think, I think uh, that this book is going to be a um, one of those other kind of like Robert Kiyosaki esque books. Of it. Absolutely. We get the masses out there reading it. So it's good. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, so I, I love everything that you've done. You've been able to apply those, those principles um, and your just upbeat attitude, man. You got a great energy about you as well, man. So I can see how it's very easy for, or, or maybe maybe you have like did a lot in working with that, that communication. But um, I mean, it's, it's evident in the way that you, you present yourself 
this is my first time meeting you. For for those out there who don't know, this is my first time meeting. I know Mike yeah. and Mike and Mike go <laughs> go way yeah. back, but yeah, uh, Dan, Dan and this Mike, uh, this is the first time meeting. So, but you got that great energy about you, so I can see how that that uh, works well for you. Um, but I love everything you're doing. I love the principle you applied and taking that from the military and put that to uh, apply that to the business world um, and and really laying out a blueprint for others to follow. Um, to put themselves in a, a, a very, a very uh, advantageous position. So um, it's good stuff, man. I, I love, I love it. So got a question for you, right? If you could give only one piece of advice yep. to another service member out there who is trying to uh, do some of the things that you're, that you're doing, that you're currently doing, what would that one piece of advice be? Uh, that one piece of advice would be um, that uh, God is real and you better find out uh, who he is for you. Uh, and I mean that very seriously, because there, there are things that we've had to endure in the military that we don't talk about. We don't feel there's anybody else who really listens to that stuff, but there is, um, and God's very real. All the things that you think you have to take to your grave with you, you don't, you do not, you've been forgiven for that stuff, but you are going to have to go on that journey to find that on your own. And that that that's applicable for, uh, you know, obviously I believe one God, but our people who are Muslim and people who are, you know, different kind of beliefs and things. I, I, I just think it's important that you know what the truth is and that you find that out. So that way you're not carrying something with you that you're not supposed to be carrying and you end up taking your own life. I mean, that's, that's really it. That's, that's the biggest piece of advice I give anybody. That, that's probably one of the most serious notes of advice that we've had on on this show, man. And, and again, I I truly do appreciate you being um, open and vulnerable enough to expose that and express that uh, to the community. Um, it's a very serious thing, guys. I mean, it's a, it's a serious thing. And Mike talked about it. I've talked about it too. I've struggled myself. And I think the more... Um, we speak about it and let it know that it is an actual issue. Hopefully more people will be open about it and they will seek help in their own yep. way. Yep. Um, so I do, I really do appreciate that. Absolutely. Now um, you shared some great knowledge, man. Great tips. When people want to reach out to you, because I guarantee you they, they do, they love your energy. They want to just speak to you when they also yeah. want to learn more about this government thing, how you doing yeah. with the transition, how, what, how can they reach you? What's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, the best way is going to be hit me up on uh, email. Um, you guys can send an email to M Ford. So Mike Ford, M Ford at TDS-IS.com. That's Tango Delta Sierra-India Sierra.com. Um, send me an email. Uh, I have no issues getting on there, looking, you know, scheduling time to sit down and, you know, take 15, 20 minutes and walk people through whatever. And then uh, also, I mean, I'm on Facebook hanging out. You guys can hit me up on there. Um, I don't do a lot of things like online, really, not yet. Um, I'm so focused on just the success that we're gaining with our business. And, I, you know, it eventually I'll start talking about what we've gone through, you know, so that way we can just start encouraging other people to do the same. So, but that's how you get in touch with me. That's how you get in touch with me. Just hit me up email. That's the best way to reach me. Excellent. Love it.
Excellent. Amen. It's, it's been great. Uh, very powerful, extremely powerful, extremely useful information that you've uh, you've put out and you've shared with us uh, being candid and vulnerable, like like uh, we talked about with with your stories and your background. And really, really appreciate that. Um, hey, if you're listening out there in, in this uh, story, this this information made an impact. Um, do us a favor. Leave us a comment below. Let us know what what was most impactful. Right. Um I'm sure uh, Mike will be be on the YouTube or wherever the comments yep. go. We'll, we'll try to make sure those kind of get back to them, him so he can answer those for you. And also, like you said, just send him an email um, as well. So on all that contact information will be down below so you guys can use that. Um, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, just hit a like, hit a share, you know, because uh, because I know other soldiers out there could really use this information. And yeah. that is the the key to growth. It's not just for military cash flow, but literally uh, to, to help other soldiers lives. Right. Um, if you're listening to this, you probably know this just as well as we know this, that this is a real thing. Um, you know, mental health, you know, spiritual health um, and then also just helping with that, I guess, financial health, right? Um, helping with that transition process. And it all kind of, we kind of talked about all of those things within this episode. So um, I know that this could uh, definitely help some other service members out there. So do us a favor, share the information. If you're listening to this on podcast, leave us a review. Um, other than that,